You know, when you set a schedule for yourself, you're doing great, and then you find out that someone else made appointments for you, <laughs> like 15 minutes before your scheduled stuff. <laughs> ah, that's been yeah. my That's going to hurt your viewership numbers. Uh, I don't know. I think they'll, they'll like me. They all appreciate that I at least gave them a heads up, I, I would think, uh, we got 12 here now, so that's good. Uh, could be worse. Could be none. We can... <laughs> All right, folks. Welcome to SEO This Week, episode 109, as most often is the case. I'm joined by Ted. Hey, Ted, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you? I am doing spectacular. Busy news week. There's some good information being put out. And uh, a couple examples of bad information, too, um, to highlight. Most of the stuff that I got this week is, uh, like, announcements or just, like, some Google tips and stuff. So I think that'll be helpful. Uh, and then we're looking at some types of SEO. You know how us SEOs are good about creating new names and algorithm, uh, acronyms for things, you know? Well, yeah, you know, we have we have lots of different kinds of SEO. The one new one I heard this week that's picking up in the conference circuit is NARC SEO, NARC SEO. where enterprise SEOs use the primary uh, strategy of uh, NARC on the competition. Oh, that, that never happens. People don't have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, another example of uh, Google loving SEOs so much that they're forcing SEOs to cannibalize each other. Yeah, well, yeah. well is it forcing or is it just kind of playing upon that that theory? If you can't beat them, report them, uh, and hopefully you well, uh, Google Google sets the rules, so they they make this, uh, you know this environment, this culture of penalties, and uh, if you can't get ahead because Google doesn't want to be transparent about anything or fairly execute the rules, then your only thing left is to go after each other. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, I, I hate it. You know, I know it's a tinfoil hat thing, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it always kills me that, this is the world view that Google chooses to create. Eh, I'm all for competition. I just think, you know, the right type of competition, like you and me going head to head for SEO. If we're both doing whatever method we're doing, if you kick my butt, you kick my butt. But the second that I got to go to the level of, let me go report Ted to, to Google because I can't beat him. And, you know, <laughs> Yeah. They may be calling it narc SEO, but I call it bitch SEO. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just going to have to agree to agree on this. Got to keep Ted uh, PG-13. That way he doesn't get in the habit and turn his shows into R-rated versions. All right. So here are the articles for this week. 
Uh, I just want to point out if you guys are in the chat and you want to join the conversation, uh, you're more than welcome to. I put the the link to actually come in and join. Um, however, if you are going to join and you just run out of things to say or you don't have anything to say, then and you notice the panel gets full, just kind of then leave so someone else can pop in and ask questions if they want to. Uh, again, free. Feel free to do it. Uh, it's there for you. The link is in the chat. I'll start doing that more often just so I can get more better audience participation from you guys. Um, because I appreciate it, and I'm sure Ted appreciates it too. Uh, as always, the as the posts and you can find all the links are on the uh, on the website right here. Uh, this is the video. You can actually watch this show on the website if you wanted to, and just click down as you go, um, if you are so inclined. I still have not gotten the uh, all the audio files up yet, but that will take place. I swear to Jeebus that I will get those stupid things up. Uh, it just takes a lot of time because you got to clean up some of the messes that I made, uh, some of the audio, et cetera, because podcasts, you know, it's all about audio and having that clear. And I'm still learning all that madness. So that's the way it is. And since SEO this week doesn't pay any money, um, I got to do it myself. Um, and uh, so, but it's a good learning process. So we'll see how it goes. So I'm going to start uh, kind of off kilter with the. Uh, with the post here with this one is FTC brings first case challenging fake paid reviews on an independent retail website. It sounds great. And what this article was handed around was is FTC is going after fake reviews. Your fake reviews are going to get you in trouble. Now, I don't know if you choose to use fake reviews or not. And I know who the hell am I to judge uh, if your competition's doing it and then you got to do it too, or, uh, you have one bad review because some guy woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And you need to bury that with five other good reviews and, you know, do your thing. Um, but this is being hung out as all fake reviews are bad and the FTC is going to go after you. Yeah, the interesting thing about this debate is the cherry picking of the law that happens. And like I... I don't have any dogs in the fight about the, the fake review thing. You know, I think it's a little bit heavy handed since it primarily targets, you know, a lot of smaller businesses who just can't compete like, you know, uh, little tour companies and stuff like that. Um, but the, the other problem with this is the FTC won't fairly enforce protection of your trademark. So if you trademark your brand name, the FTC and the courts have no desire to protect that for you. And Google can sell your brand to competitors, which compels you to pay to advertise on your brand so you can rank higher than the others. So why on earth is the FTC not protecting the small businesses and protecting trademarks fairly? You know, Google honors Geico's and Sears and Microsoft's trademarks, but when it comes to your trademark and my trademark, they're like, screw you, pay us to be on top. And so I think this is one place where everybody on all sides of politics should have some outrage because the FTC is not protecting small to mid-sized business. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And one of the things I wanted to point out was that this thing was, 
they weren't so much going after the fake reviews as they were going after the content of the fake reviews. So if you look at it in uh, like what did it, what the FTC did to protect customers, this section right here, they're talking about that they bought reviews for the product on Amazon and paid for them, and then they wanted their stars in a certain way. Uh, but at the end of the day, what they were really pissed about was that the the reviews were actually giving claims that you're technically you're not allowed to do in your advertising. So um, box body fat, for example, if you, you have to test all that stuff and you have to say that it's not been tested, uh, et cetera. And they circumvented those rules. They didn't have it in their just product descriptions, et cetera. And it was all in their reviews, the reviews that they bought. Uh, so that's, to me, that's what really got these this company in trouble, uh, more so than having fake reviews in and of themselves. Now, this isn't the first time that a government agency has gone after fake reviews. Uh, in New York City, the uh, the city attorney, the city's attorney's office went after some people uh, for fake reviews as well. Uh, but those are really at scale, and they're kind of along the lines of this: is where you're making fake reviews and making claims, uh, and that's and those claims are circumventing the rules because supposedly these are real people saying this, uh, when in fact they're they're not. So I would just I would just caution, like an SEO or a business owner uh, in general, if you have to use if you got to use fake reviews to bury a bad a bad thing because Google doesn't allow you to. Um, properly, um, how, to, how to not not reply, but you know, filter like bad employee gets fired and writes a whole bunch of bad reviews, and you can't do anything about it, and you report it, and Google takes six months to do it, and that's your business on the line there. Then you're gonna have to use some fake reviews to bury it. That's it's just the you know that's the the, the nature of what we got going on. Um, I would just say they just be a lot more careful. Don't use this as your primary review generating method because uh, that's gonna get you in a lot of trouble. Some of some of the uh, micro worker platforms out there where you can hire people to do things like this, uh, they'll actually ban you now if you do it because they don't want to expose their micro workers to something that's potentially illegal. Yeah. Um, so be careful if you're going to hire people to create reviews for you. It might get you banned from those platforms. So the reviews on for all of my stuff, I just give out. I gave out something at a, like a severely discounted price or for free in exchange for reviews. Um, technically, I guess I'm paying for them, but it's, you know, that's close as the real review we're going to get. Uh, and they, and, and um, they actually got the service that I offered in exchange for those reviews. So it wasn't like, you know, like I, I, I paid $25 and went out and paid Ted to make reviews for me. These people either bought or got my service in exchange for the review. So um, I don't think those are necessarily bad. And that's probably a good way to to leverage what you're doing already to get reviews. Yeah, a, a lot of what uh, online retailers are doing, especially on third-party platforms, is they'll have their customer service staff uh, buy the product through Amazon or whatever other platform and then leave a review and then cancel the order on the company side and refund uh, the worker. So there's there's a lot of exploits like that that are still out there that if you're a company with a lot of uh, deep pockets, you get to play those shenanigans. But if you're a little business, you don't necessarily get to.
Right. And I guess that still happens on the Amazon platform, even for little guy sellers. You know, I've bought plenty of products and got a refund in exchange for a review on Amazon. Um, I got a free product out of it. They got a review out of it, and it kind of helps them out. And I think it's just kind of the nature of mass market like we are, where you have to have things like that to set you apart. Um, it just kind of generates that that system to get them. You know, different than influencer marketing. You pay someone famous to talk about you. Um, it's it's an, a review, essentially, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a system where money tends to win is the problem. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it on reviews. Let's see. Five types of SEO you never heard of. Well, now it's six because we got NARC. Uh, this one's actually pretty good. It's a decent breakdown of some names that were made up, performance, Robinhood, database, mashup, and brand. Uh, I think, honestly, if you have to mark my stuff uh, into a system, it would probably be performance and brand are the two things that I worry about. Um, but if you look at these and they're broken down, I think that you'll find that you're actually doing a lot of this stuff uh, and not giving it a name, which is okay. Uh, but this is also be, you know, maybe you're doing a little bit of your sales stuff. You can make up some cute stuff to add, add to this thing. Like this Robin Hood thing is basically going in and following your competitors around and ranking for all their crap. So um, I guess, you know, steal from the rich and give to the poor <laughs> is the philosophy. Um, but um, this is a good post. I, I, I like this, and I like how they, they formatted the post, and they provided a lot of detail in it. Uh, they made up some names, which is great, but this is all. It's got tactics in there that actually uh, are useful for you too. So I would at least check this one out. There's some cool apps in here too uh, that you can mess with. So I would check uh, check out some of the apps and stuff that he's linked to in this article as well. And like I said, I should write him and say, hey, you need to add number six, Mark SEO. <laughs> we'll coin Ted's, Ted's name. Uh, have you ever heard of Edge SEO, Ted? Uh, not by name. What uh, is it? Well, Dan Taylor, he's in a, he's actually in a Slack group that I am. It's a, it's a mastermind. Um, it's called Online Geniuses. Anyone can get into it, so it's not – special but you just apply for it anyway he's created or he coined the term edge seo uh and during a conference he did a uh, a uh, like a there was like a contest between him and a bunch of other famous people eric engel is one that comes off the top of my head uh what he did is he's it's edge seo is essentially using like a cloudflare workers uh, to add stuff to a website to make changes uh, to and to get it to serve faster, etc. Um, it's basically at the roundabout way of what Edge SEO is. Uh, and this is a I actually been talking to him a lot, and I'm going to get him on the SEO this week uh, so we can talk some more about this. But the the practical use of this is if you get sites or clients. Uh, that you can't access the servers, uh, put it on Cloudflare, use a Cloudflare workers to do stuff to the website uh, versus messing around with it on the server level. So when it's served up through Cloudflare, you get the changes that you made versus what's on that server. Uh, it's actually really good way to get, and it's a good way to get around some CMSs that are just a pain in the ass uh, when you're adding stuff like schema, et cetera. So that, 
that strikes me as a great way to handle Shopify SEO. Exactly. But it should terrify the heck out of web development teams. <laughs> uh, that, that edge injection stuff is load-bearing JavaScript, and you know JavaScript is not intended to be load-bearing. So the amount of traffic you pipe through that will matter. Yeah. And he's got some different uh, approaches to it. The Cloudflare workers examples just so happen to be the last one I was talking about, but there's other other ways to do it. Um, again, Dan is really he's pretty he's really smart, and he, and it's not uh, anything that you guys have probably never heard of before, or in a way to apply thing like Google Tag Manager is it could essentially be uh, Edge SEO if you want to think about it that way, just using tags from a third party service. Yeah. The the most flagrant, awful way to do it is to develop your website using Optimizely uh, tests, <laughs> <laughs> which is another way not to do web architecture. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, so check this out. I think you're gonna like it. You're gonna learn a lot about it. Again, I wanna have Dan on here, so if you guys come up with some questions for Dan, uh, leave them in my comment section or whatever, or or just watch for when I have them scheduled uh, so you can come and ask him. He's a pretty smart dude. He's fun. He's not like one of those you know guru type of guys. He's just handing out some really good information. They've also made a tool to implement this a little bit better. So you go into his tool, do the changes you want, and then that tool goes to cloud workers and does all the setup crap for you uh, if you're not – a technical nerd uh, or not familiar with cloud workers. So yeah. um, this, this is either the coolest thing you're presenting this week or it's the worst idea. <laughs> not sure which yet. I guess it depends on your luck. If you're new to learning, then you're going to break some shit with this thing. But uh, if you're good with it, then you're going to be good off. So I, I like this. I like talking to Dan. So again, take some time to watch that. It's a good one. Uh, here you go. We're going with that fake reviews thing is a how to report Google My Business spam. It's that stupid reporting tool. I wanted to bring this up. This came out last week. Um, but what they're doing is Ted can be pissed at me because I'm outranking him in maps. And let's say my business is uh, Ted Killer 101 and we're trying to rank for Ted Killer. Um, Ted can go use this form. And report me and i know and i've heard of people who have used it and gotten gmbs taken down within a matter of minutes uh which is pretty damn responsive from any google google thing if you know what i mean okay. i think that this is to me uh, it's a good idea but i think the implementation is is dicked up my my fear is it's the beginning of the end because the the best uh exploits in seo right now are these uh, gmb local plays and you see the gurus and i know some of them are in chat you know they they could take a business from nowhere to top of page one in an hour with some of the exploits i mean they're amazing yeah. to see in action and i think this is the first foray into trying to rein that in from google's side well what i think is going to happen is that Eventually, Maps is going to be a paid to, pay to use platform, uh, and they're just using. They're trying to figure out how to do that while building its popularity and the reliance on it. 
uh, and businesses reliance on it, which is why they're letting a lot of stuff that is available now go, why those exploits are going and working. Uh, but pretty soon, I think Maps going to be pay to play um, completely. And, and so this is just, to me, this is just SC, them using, like, you know, when Google AdWords first started, it was affiliates that were using it, and that's how they built Google AdWords. Um, this is kind of the same way. Now they built Maps. They got a whole bunch of people using it. It's really popular. People know it works. Uh, and now let's find out other ways that let's get the SEO community to rat on each other so we can find out what they're doing to get around our system so we can plug those holes. And the more we do that, the more we find, now we can charge more money for it uh, for using it. So that's just me. That's my tinfoil hat. It's black, but it's tinfoil. Let's see. Next one is Google shares guidance on pagination. If you guys don't know, you know, previous next post, uh, page one, page two, page three, I guess the standard practices, page two, three, four, we're all have canonicals to page one. Uh, and the goal is that when uh, search results, the primary goal is when search results go into uh, your page two, page three, or four, you want them to actually deliver the the visitor to page one. So they have to read the entire thing, go through the entire thing. Uh, John Mueller has made a suggestion that you actually don't need to worry about the canonicals on those other ones. And you can no index it if you if you want to do it that way, or just use next previous inside of your head uh, and leave the canonical out. And Google will be using, will, looks at that next previous uh, to start the chain and it'll actually show your one your first page by default. So that's actually pretty cool. Well, here's here's the problem from the online retail side is that you have a product, let's say it's uh, just dance for Xbox and somebody searches for it, you have a product page and you have where it appears in a category, a gaming category for it. If you canonicalize to page one and send them to page one, the person who searches for Just Dance Xbox is going to go to a page that doesn't have it on it. So in online retail, I always wanted to show them the page three of the category that had the thing that they were searching for. Uh -huh. um, so I, I still kind of disagree with what they're recommending here. You know, I, I think both canonicalizing uh, is bad as well as their idea of no index page two plus. I think both of those are terrible ideas for online retail. I think what, what I think what he was trying to address is someone is to say that, that their page two was the one that was showing up for their keyword, uh, and the person wasn't going getting automatically sent to the uh, to the beginning of, of their their great funnel, or whatever it were. Um, and they were looking for ways to get around that. Um, to me, I, it doesn't make any sense. If I'm writing, let's say this is an article and I put a thousand words on 17 pages, then I'm going to use the next premium. And I don't care if you land in the middle or not. I have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If, if that's the thing you're looking for, you should. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I guess it's, this is really just a choice, but that's how Google's handling it. That's how they're looking at the canonical. Uh, if they're even honoring it at all, and just the recommended best practices. So basically, just don't you know, you can not use it if it's an article series like this guy says. Um, just kind of take it for what for what it's worth. To me, I just use next previous uh, or page numbers and just let it do its thing. I want to save this one for last because Ted doesn't like this one. 
another one is the algorithm updates. There's been a bunch of them. Uh, there was actually one on March 1st and supposedly yesterday, another one rolled out uh, that are just tickling things. I can tell you that I saw a lot of red in my trackers, but I was like from position one to position two kind of thing. Nothing harsh. Uh, so it was, if whatever it was, it was pretty subtle. Um, the, uh, the, the thing that we're seeing and, uh, SEO fight club's going to get into this tomorrow. Uh, we're going to get into some of the new uh, field observations that are coming out that are quite <laughs> startling. Uh, one of the things is, is it kind of looks like since the beginning of the year, uh, Google has been targeting single variable testers maybe. Uh, and it looks like they're trying to make our lives more difficult. And so we're going to look at some of that data tomorrow and see if we can't hash out what might be going on. Interesting. And I didn't think we were that dangerous, honestly. <laughs> oh, I, I think Google <laughs> thinks we're like enemy number one. Because yeah. we're, we're the people that are reverse engineering what they do. Yeah. I believe it when I kill my site completely. <laughs> <laughs> they did it to Kyle. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Uh, let me shift this around because Google, this is actually a good video series. I don't know if you guys are messing around with SEO on JavaScript sites, uh, you know, react. Uh, so, or if you just want to get into it and kind of learn more and increase your tool set, uh, he's this series, you get over, you have to get it over, get across this guy's German accent with the blonde, blonde slash purple hair. Um, I don't know if Ted showed up like that. I'd probably leave the show. <laughs> well, I I see a headline like this, and uh, you know I've, I've uh, spoken with Roman from the uh, NFG crowd, and I am thinking about doing a show about the Google Time exploit because when you're talking about JavaScript in Google, it's like fundamental. And I'd be willing to bet that these guys don't quite hit the mark on that, uh, but I I don't know. I think I think we'll uh, probably have to talk about it at some point. Yeah, I think so too. Like we had this discussion in private, and um, I think it would actually be a good topic. I would like to leverage it, um, but like you said, it could be leveraged for bad, and it's really it's a little bit technical to set up. So you got to kind of know how to do it too. So. Um, since it can be leveraged from bad, we probably won't talk about that part, but just, you know, what is the time exploit? And then you guys figure it out from yourself. Um, as a build up to that, like I said, take advantage of this guy's teachings. Again, get around to the accent and stuff. Just learn a little bit about JavaScript. Buy yourself a JavaScript book. That's what I did uh, just to play with some, you know, features of it, et cetera. Uh, I'm learning Java because Ted is a genius and coded something for me that I was fighting with for like three weeks and he did it in like, an hour uh, using Java, and now I need to know how to edit it, etc. So I'm learning Java. It kind of extends into this JavaScript stuff, and it's really cool. So um, get in on that. The videos are actually pretty short, too. So uh, if you speed them up, it's a lot more funny, especially if you're drinking rum at the same time. Yeah, for the record, Java and JavaScript, two totally different things. Yeah. Entirely. Don't, don't, bust, don't burst my bubble, Ted. Don't burst my bubble. <laughs> I, I told myself they're close enough to make me understand that. So. <laughs> uh, influencer marketing, we kind of get on topic with that, with the with the, um, uh, with the the reviews. Excuse me for a second. 
Uh, I like this post uh, as one of the rare. It, it's selling a service. You can get into this tribe thing, uh, reach out to to influencers, etc. Uh, I have not tried the service myself, uh, but it is interesting, and I know there's a few other there's other platforms. Uh, that are the same way. If you have your own following, you can go sign up to be an influencer or if you want to get influencers to do it. But what they're talking about mainly in this article, and the key point is uh, we tend to go after influencers with that big, huge audience. Uh, and they're saying don't go after them. Save your money and go after a bunch of people with small audiences because the small audiences are more, um, and Jordan talking about sprinkles threw me off, uh, likely to engage, to engage with you. And I'll go to the, I got a cool, uh, there you go. Look at the, the engagement rate. Uh, so, you know, this nano, obviously, but this is the micro. This is the range of suggestion that you be in, uh, and you can get more engagement and more ROI uh, from your influencer marketing, uh, which I thought was really cool. And then they go into a plan on how to leverage it, et cetera, uh, and offer a tool. Uh, and here's some of the, the things that you can you know, look at uh, as part of it and, you know, how to find influencers, et cetera. But again, it's a service that does it for you. So why do you need uh, both Sumo? You just go out and find people uh, versus begging. They already announced themselves that they wanted to be influencers. So um, try this service or any other service. If you want to just save yourself a little bit of time, uh, takeaway here is going after those nanos for the average engagement is like higher. Uh, and save yourself some money and probably you get a better reach uh, than trying to reach out to one of these people. Yeah. Unless you can get like Justin or the Justin Bieber or whatever, whoever you're into. Well, and this, this article is, you know, how do you find influencers to help you with marketing? If you want to become an influencer, then, you know, my, my favorite approach is just spend a little bit of time each day helping people. So, you know, if you want to find influencers to work for, this article looks like it's geared towards that. But if you want to become an influencer, I just think you need to allocate time to helping people and letting people know you're there to help. Yeah. Well, when I wanted to become an influencer, I just told everyone I knew Mike Pierce and I thought it was cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see. Next one is a video. If you guys use Cora, I use Cora for some link building and some top software that used to automate Cora for me, uh, et cetera, just to get a little bit more exposure. He did a case study of how he got 650 leads uh, in one month just doing it. Uh, the video's uh, really short, uh, only nine minutes, as you can see. So check it out. Uh, I think, and they did a really, it's informal. It's not a, like a class. He's just kind of going through what he did. Uh, so check it out and that will help you leverage Cora a little bit better. Comprehensive member of it. I was talking all week on both the shows or all month is that Moz was finally releasing their new database. Well, it's out 10. Um, and it's pretty interesting. I saw a lot of, as expected, DA drops uh, across the board when they implemented the new links. Um, and they talked about, you know, just their methodology and what they're using uh, now for DA and PA. I, it's too early. It's really too early to say correlation to ranking and whether it's even something to, to bother with. But um, still, it's good to know, especially if you're a Moz fan or you got your clients hooked on the DA equals rankings kind of thing. So um, 
and increasing domain authority, et cetera, <clears throat> depending on your sales process. Um, so check it out. I, I'm just, you know, I've never been a Moz fan just because I knew how easy it was to manipulate this. Well, uh, which is another thing. Is it still easy to manipulate? Moz, if you're watching, somebody shares this to you. Let me integrate uh, your API into Cora so that people can go and see how your values correlate for their search terms. And, and you know, it's going to end up being one of the best promotional things ever because if, if your values correlate with rank position, it's just going to go viral from there. People are going to say, look at these Moz values. You need to fix them. So, you know, work with your integrators, let us integrate your APIs into our tools so that we can show off the power of your data. Yeah, I'm going to start a campaign because I want to I want to see it. I want to see Moz Majectas Ahrefs side by side and see, you know, what those numbers mean and the value of them and what kind of leverage uh, for each of those. Like topical trust flow, I believe in that more than I believe in trust flow. Uh, URL or um, Authority URL rank now uh, is more than domain rank, and now this DA and PA, uh, how is it going to correlate? And can I leverage that a little bit better? There are ways to see all of those together, like SERP works. You can see it all, but it's that's really manual. Uh, being able to do that with Cora would be awesome, especially at scale, uh, doing your own set uh, to see the trends or what Ted's doing. If he plugs those in there and everyone's sending them the, the factors, we start seeing, you know, that PA really matters. <laughs> you know, and, that might be significant, something significant to them. And not only that, I mean, it's really to their benefit to do it because when SEOs use Cora, they say, "Whoa, I want off-page data, but I can't use my Moz account for it." Yeah. Then they're like, "Okay, well, I'll get an Ahrefs account." And then they're like, "Well, I don't need both." <laughs> so, you know, give give your users the ability to stick with your platform. Let integrators integrate. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right, so there's that. It's out. This is pretty cool. Uh, if you guys are into structured data uh, and leveraging it and learning about it, there's some great tips in here. Um, the biggest one for me was the takeaway. You know, you can check out all this other stuff, but really, the depending on your skill level, just scan through. Uh, for me, it was the graph. I'm one of those type of people that does it like this. You know, open and close for each set, um, depending on where it's it allowed me to to make my schema because I'm mixing and matching templates and et cetera, just because you know to make it a little bit easier. Uh, and then they pointed out that you can just use this graph command and it kind of builds it all right up together so uh to save yourself a little time I, I like that i think it's pretty cool it might have to change some templates and stuff to leverage that and then they pointed out a free json ld editor uh which is also nice i use adam on my on my uh, computer uh, but this one's online if you guys want to try it out adam for me just works better uh, i have used this one in particular but if you don't know of one or you just don't want to get something like adam or sublime uh etc and this is just a good, you know, a good thing to have handy and copy paste right out of that into this the structured data testing tool. Um, and most of this stuff is marked towards um, ecom. Uh, and it's one thing that I do that I notice a lot of people don't do is adding the review body. 
uh, actually the, what was said into your uh, review schema. Uh, so that's a good thing to have in there as well, especially if you're, you know, playing on the wire between what is allowed and not allowed for the review schema. Uh, if you add that in there more often than not, they're going to leave you alone for those manual penalties. So I think that would be well, really good. And if you don't have reviews for aggregate rating, just use author rank instead. Author rank. Okay, this one is – I'm not calling this guy out for making bad content because, in my opinion, there's no such thing as bad content. It's just ones that you want to ignore and don't. Um, no, there's bad content. Okay, so there's bad content. And his list of 20 SEO strategies does not work anymore is actually pretty interesting because if you're into testing uh, – this will, you know, just kind of help you out and see where your competition's saying, uh, and you know, essentially, this is a twenty things of that you want to test. Uh, the number one, forcing keyword centric titles. Uh, basically, the argument is to have your target keywords in your title. You don't have to do that anymore. Uh, that's the number one bad strategy uh, on his list, and uh, you can go through a bunch of these and. And shake your head and wonder what the hell this dude was thinking. I'm pretty sure that he was drinking a lot of tequila when he made this. Um, but, you know, I found it. I'm sure a lot of other people found it too. Uh, and it's a good – this is a good thing that you see your competition is telling uh, your potential client base. And you can go through it here and figure it out. This is another, another good one, wasting your time to include images in your content. Uh, that you shouldn't do it. Um, and then – and he flips right around and says, well, but if you do it, you should use alt tags because alt tags are really important. Uh, so um, I thought you would get a kick out of this one, Ted. Yeah, uh, this is uh, test bait. This is the kind of thing that uh, SIA would dive into and make a mockery of and show data to the contrary. Um, so I... I like it as test bait, uh, but in general, it looks like one of those articles that the author will grow to regret. Yeah. I, I honestly, what I was thinking about doing is getting another test set from you, running all through all of these, doing a, uh, a counter to every one of them, and then doing uh, going back, looking at all the people that linked to this article and, and – saying, hey, look, here's my response. Can you give me links? That would be a, a good uh, backlink thing. So. Yeah, science link building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see how that works. Is, you know, that's, to me, that's really controversial. And then when he when he started off with titles, it had me right there because I was like, holy hell, there's got to be some really dumb, <laughs> dumb stuff in here now, if, you know, forcing keywords into your titles. Is well, I, I view it as a favor. Like he tells you right at the top of the article that you can hit the back button and skip this one. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. But that was, that's crazy. It's good test bait. So if you guys are looking, find out what your competition is doing. If they're putting out articles like this, uh, go after them and say and point out how they're wrong and then use their links uh, that are, you know, if it ranked, especially uh, go through their links and, and reach out to those people and do a counter argument for this. And I think you're going to get a lot of um, good things. Yeah. Tequila test bait. Like germs and definitely what that is. All right. That's the articles. Again, I, I had a lot of them. I went through, 
a little over 200 articles this month or this week. Uh, it was a pain in the ass because uh, it was filled with a lot of those tips and stuff from Google. I don't know if I wanted to keep doing that, but I think it was good, especially if we don't have a, a, a guest speaker on to go through that many. So it, it was pretty interesting. At this time, I'd like to open it up to questions. We got 15 more minutes for sure. So if you guys have any questions, go ahead and ask now. I'll um, and while we do that, Ted, if you could talk about what we're doing tomorrow for Fight Club. Well, somebody just uh, asked for a hint about the JavaScript time exploit. And I won't tell you what it is or how it works yet because I haven't decided if I'm going to do it. But I'll tell you about the test that led to its discovery. We asked the question, what happens if the keyword a page is tuned for changes once per second? Which one gets indexed? And we ran it in three different locations around the world, and they all came up with the same answer the keyword that's showing at time equals 20 seconds. Google knows about 200 trillion URLs. They can't possibly be waiting 20 seconds for all those URLs. There isn't enough time in Google's existence to have done that. So how are they waiting 20 seconds? My turn. <laughs> So when Ted was teaching, talking about this, I think, Ted, you've known about this exploit, what, like six to eight months now? And the first time you mentioned it in our little private group, it was really technical. How long did it take to figure it out, the technical side of it? Um, when you gave it to Roman, because let's you obviously you found it, so you knew exactly where to go. But when you gave it to, to Roman and then he figured it out, and he said, okay. Well, doing, doing these experiments was the most fun thing ever. And it, it only took us one to two days to realize what was going on and to figure out, you know, the, the constants that were in play about what was going on. It then took, you know, about six weeks to really understand the full implications of what Google was doing and how that could be leveraged into a whole new kind of cloaking that affects SEO in very bizarre ways. Um, the actual exploit itself is a one-liner. It's super simple, but you have to discover it on your own for right now. <laughs> it's no fair. <clears throat> All right, so I don't see any questions. Um, I don't want to leave it at that, though. So let's let's talk about one more thing. It's my favorite tool. Um, I don't know how much more I could talk about Cora uh, or how much more I can talk about Pop, but I swear to Jeebus, every day I get asked, am I using Cora or am I using Pop? And if you don't know, yes, I am. Uh, and I think it's probably those two is Pop, Basic on-page optimization, get a camera. Pop, basic on-page optimization, building my foundations. Cora, it's time to get serious. That's how I look at those two tools. And they're, they're not for the same things, uh, and they should be used in conjunction with each other. Uh, and I just, I just don't get how people are comparing them or finding any comparison between the two. Uh, they use the same terminology on purpose, 
because both creators came from and are working and talking together. So that just kind of happened naturally. Uh, but in my opinion, I don't think one can be um, used. You can use pop without Quora uh, and you can rank pages with just pop. Uh, you can do it uh, in, in, in easy or, or, you know, semi-medium, depending on your skill level, et cetera. Uh, you can just use pop and be okay. Uh, it, but if you really want to get down to dirty, you want to go after the gorilla markets, then you need to get into leverage Quora. And it's more than just a per page tool. So with that being said, Ted, you just launched the final version of 4.x for Quora, and now 5.0 is coming up. What are you uh, planning on uh, for the future in 5.0 that we can all look forward to? Uh, well, in version 5, we're focusing on workflow. So the UI is going to uh, change dramatically in very cool ways. Um, additionally, we're adding in the concept of uh, settings profiles. So you can hot swap uh, complete setting configurations uh, very quickly and easily, probably from a drop down menu of named profiles. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be very cool. Um, and what this will allow us to do is extend the next five, 10 years of factor development so that we can uh, instantly pull in a thousand plus factors and then you can hot swap based on the context you need, what factors you wanna use and what reports you want created. Um, because what we're finding, the the next level of scalability is how do we handle a scenario where there are 5,000 possible factors and dozens of different very detailed reports at your disposal? Uh, you'll need to be able to pick and choose because there simply won't be the, the system resources. And uh, it, it also comes down to, you know, why did I choose to do Cora as desktop software and not as a cloud application? Well, the reason is that CPU cost, you know, it's why uh, the copycats out there are limited by the number of factors they can do and limiting the number of keywords you can do. You know, I, I won't have the scalability limitation that they have. And when they start to scale, you'll see, uh, they'll end up converting it into more cost to you to make it scale. And so, you know, those are architecture choices, and I'm going to start leveraging my architecture choices to bring you more firepower. Yeah, and I, I, to me, I think desktop is just fine. Um, you know, I'm at the point now where I want to do more with Cora, uh, and you're using the automator that I have built, and in order to do that, I got to buy another computer, which isn't a good excuse to buy another computer. So, <laughs> uh, so that works out for me. Plus, everything's there, and you can play with it, and you can push buttons and see what happens. And I think that's pretty exciting too. Uh, one question from Peter Mark came in: Is what do you guys recommend I do with a DA80 plus domain name? The name does not have any keyword terms in it. Should I try to rank some articles? He'd hate to do a 301 or a PBM. Um, in my opinion, again, DA is manipulated, so I look at the other metrics of that, if they're all equally as high, uh, and it's a brand, and it's in a market that can make a lot of money, and Mike Pierce already is, he said the same thing uh, in the comments, is if it's a good brand and you can turn it into money, make it a money site. 
and it can be a money site and it can be a PBN at the same time uh, using proper interlinking and stuff too, depending on where you want to link to, especially if you have other markets in there. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure Mike, I'm not sure if Mike still does it, but I know I do. And I know Ted does is if you're going to build a PBN, it's going to be a money site anyway, because you want your PBN to pay for itself. Um, so why not leverage that power uh, right off the bat? If you have zero interest in creating another money site and doing that, then I would do the three-on-one. Or I would turn it into a PBN where you can uh, uh, at least do something to get it to pay for itself uh, to make it a little bit easier to maintain. And my guess is if it's that high, you probably paid a lot of money for it. So you don't want to get that ROI uh, for that investment you made as well. Ted, you got any insight on that? No, I think you said it perfectly. Okay. Perfect. And that was the only question I had. Uh, let's see. Just one comment. It's probably a good one is uh, getting software like Quora and you're busy and you have to do worry about learning curves, et cetera. I, I think I run into that too. Not just with Quora. It's pretty much any software or service that I buy. Uh, I'll buy it and then go back into it like two or three months later and, and then learn it. Or I buy it, learn it. Uh, I have to go off and do something else because I'm so busy. Uh, and then I have to relearn it. The, you know, a perfect example of that is the the software that I used to run SEO this week and the green screen stuff. Um, you know, it's not – I didn't get, like, OBS. I have OBS, but I'm using Wirecast. Now, Wirecast is a lot more technical. Uh, and when you stop using stuff like that, it, it you know, it hurts your skills. Um, and Quora is the same way. Um, what I found with Quora though is if you're a learner of SEO and you want and you you like learning things and you found things, that's where a tool like Quora uh, helps you out a little bit more. Just beyond the ranking in increases, um, you know, you get an, an insight into what Ted's thinking uh, and creating those factors, and then you have to learn what that factor is and how Quora is coming up with it. Uh, and then you have to to play with it uh, more. So that's you know, to me that's what Cora is all about. And Simon, yeah, here you go. I'm gonna do this. Now it's black. <laughs> it's a green screen clown. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I like to test drive the results of a Cora report. Uh, Shane, I sell Cora reports, but if you just want to test it out, give a Ted, email him, and he'll he'll make your report. He's never uh, shy on doing that for people. So you got one word, one site, you know, reach out to him, uh, and he'll he'll run it for you. He likes doing that kind of stuff. So check it out. And one final setting on Cora. I don't want to be a Cora pitch fest, but Cora is like a metal detector. It tells you where to dig for the nuggets, which is that's really well put. So. All right, that looks like that's it. If you guys don't have any more questions, we're going to call it a day. Uh, again, thank you guys for uh, the, your patience. Normally we are at 11, but my son was kind enough to make an appointment for himself, and I had to drive him to it. Uh, and he told me like 15 minutes before the show was supposed to start. So I had to schedule. Actually, it was 30 minutes, so we'll give him a little bit of credit. But um, life happens, whatever. Uh, and thank you guys. Thank you, Ted, uh, for coming on. I will see all of you tomorrow. SEO Fight Club. Don't miss right. it. Now, Clint. Yep. You need to go to Amazon and find a green hat. 
So that way you can swap out what your hat style is. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would bug the hell out of you. <laughs> 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 oh, that would be awesome. All right, I'm going to do it. All right, guys, thanks again, and see you next week on SEO This Week. Don't forget, tomorrow, SEO Fight Club.